Now you did that. Now you did that. And now, Monumental Sports and Entertainment along with Pressbox presents Stan the Fans Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at StanTheFan. Now sit back and enjoy the bat around. Guys, take it away. And a very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you and our listening and viewing audiences. Uh, this is Saturday, the 18th of January. Boy, it's hard to believe we're already 18 days into the new decade, 18 days into the new year. I'm Stan the Fan. Sitting next to me to my left is Craig Heist with the smile on his face as long as you don't knock that coffee over. Yeah. Uh, Paul Valley is uh, riding shotgun on the program today. And we've got an interesting show today, so sit back, don't worry about the weather, and whether you're tuning in on the um, on our website and li- just listening, or whether you're joining us on Facebook Live, sit back, relax, don't worry about the snow, which has not started yet in Hamden. Not, not in Hamden, but down south, there's been a lot of ice and right. some mix, and some of that's coming this way. Uh, up here, we're supposed to get a little bit of snow. Uh, so we'll see how the uh, early part of the afternoon pans out. What's this new thing now? You know, I've known about salt for 40 years, mm-hmm. 50 years. Now they they put br- pickle brine? Something like that, and they treat the roads beforehand. So it was interesting. Driving in today is the first time I really ever observed it. Paul, if you know the answer, there's like these sort of... You can see it's been treated. It's White been lines. sprinkled. Yeah, yeah. It's been sprinkled. I'm assuming... That maybe pickle brine just keeps it from freezing. Is is that or um, or sticking? Maybe I that's would, what it is. I've never heard anything like that. Okay. This is the first I'm hearing that. Okay. Well, it's clear they're used. They don't say. Do they say pickle brine or they just say brine? A lot of times they say brine, but, right? But most people know it's pickle brine. Well, they either know it or they don't know it, and right. they just say. They are treating the roads in advance. Okay. Okay? All right. Now, I don't know what your week was like, but my week has just been ridiculously busy because not only was I doing games, and I I had a long shift at the station yesterday, about 10-hour shift. 10-hour shift? 10-hour shift. At 106. At 106. 7th Fan in D.C. Right. Uh, But, you know, in my apartment complex... Yeah. All in the lovely, hub, in all, lovely Laurel. Right, as Charlie Eckman used to say. Lovely Laurel. Uh, I got all the husbands in the apartment complex coming to me, okay? Uh, okay, I, gotta, I can't wait. Me to keep that a, Jessica Mendoza? No, no, wanting me to keep a lookout for their wives, right? Yeah. And they're asking me to just, you know, bang some trash can lids <laughs> if, if I see them coming. Okay. Yeah, kind of like I a guess, warning sign. I see where you're going with yeah. that. I see where you're going with that. Anyway. Yeah. You know, I love that's the th- that's the part I love about this whole thing. It's this high-tech advanced video, right. the use of video cameras, and in the report it's it's called the banging scheme. Right. It's the banging just, scheme. It's ridiculous. All right. Anyway. But I'm sure we'll get into that as the morning progresses. Oh, we will definitely get into it. Uh here's what we've got on the show this morning and again, just sit back and relax and like and share the show uh, if you got us on Facebook Live, all right? Uh, here's what we've got. 1020, 
which is now only 16 minutes away. New Orioles coach, and I we're going to get to the bottom of whether he is going to have the sort of the responsibilities of a bench coach or not. But Freddie Gonzalez is going to join us. Okay, All right. he's due to call us, uh, and I'm prov- I'm assuming Orioles PR will be on that and remind him. Anyway, he's due to call us. I've never met Freddie. I'm a huge Freddie Gonzalez ha- fan. Do you know him? Yes. Okay, and he knows you. Uh, he would know me not by name, but, but he, he would know me by, by sight, by sight okay. and by talking to me. And yes. Okay. Bill Latson, uh, uh, a friend of the programs, and Bill will join us at 1045. At 11.05, I've run down a really great guest, and I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be a great guest. And His name is Ari Kaplan, and he runs a company called Sports Management Worldwide, SMWW. And um, it's it's a course that teaches young people that want to get into baseball. It teaches them analytics. And this is for, I'm going to guess he's going to tell me that most of his students are 30 years old or younger. Mm -hmm. You know, this is for maybe an ex-baseball player that wants to get into scouting and he's 18 or 19 years old, something like that. Anyway, he teaches courses in baseball analytics. And the way I found him was about a month ago, I happened to pop online or or click on a link uh, that was not pornographic this one time. uh, There's a shock. (laughs) (laughs) No, and and it was something about Mike Matheny goes back to school or something like that. And Mike Matheny, when he was let go with the Cardinals, did his own Mm. self-assessment of how he could be a better manager the next time around. And his primary focus was on learning the analytics and really embracing them. And he studied, took a, a, I think, I believe it's an online course Mm -hmm. uh, with Ari Kaplan. We're going to talk to Ari about that. Ari informed me, now he's worked for a bunch of Major League teams over the next 30 years. He, because he still works for Major League teams, he's under a, basically a gag order on asking him his opinion of the sign stealing and all that. So I want to warn you on that. Plenty to talk to him about, though, uh, his career in um, uh, in this. He formed a company called Scoutables uh, about 20-some years ago with Fred Clare, okay. the ex-general yeah. manager of the Dodgers. The Dodgers, right. Uh, I don't know if Scoutables still exists, but Ari Kaplan been at the cutting edge of uh, uh, analytics for a long time, and maybe we can find out. Uh, you know, what he thinks about uh, this trend. Clearly he's behind it, but does he think there's still a place in the game for folks like Dusty Baker and Buck Showalter who are getting interviewed by teams that need suddenly need managers? Baker, right. apparently the Mets have a renewed interest in Dusty Baker. Well, you know, the one and, thing about Buck, Buck yeah. always said to me and, and said to us in a group a lot of times, yeah, that he is all for analytics, right? But he also is a is a guy who will throw the analytics out the door, if you will, for the eye test or for something in his gut that he feels should be happening during the game. I have no problem with the throwing it the throwing it out when when your gut tells you or your baseball instincts take over. But I I found Buck. I, I remember asking him the question in spring training a few years ago. Uh, and it was probably five years ago because that's when analytics were first 
really to our level. Right, we were well, you're looking at, about 13 and 14 yeah. and that kind of thing. And yeah. I asked him, I said, do you, are you an observer of analytics? Do you embrace them? You know, and he, and he said, oh, I, I, I see their pur- purpose in the game and all this. And he says, a matter of fact, we're going to have a, uh, an analytics seminar for the whole team right. this spring training, and Dom Cheedy's going to run it. Mm-hmm. Well, Dom Cheedy's not known as, a, as analytics an analytics right, guru. Right. It, so I think Buck likes to have it both ways a little bit. Say he okie do there's an, a phrase, you okie-dokie somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I believe in the analytics, and you don't really do anything that proves that you do. Uh, that's where I think Buck sits on that. And I think that's one of the things that's going to hold him back. And it's ironic that the team, and I wrote a column this week that I hope folks will read at PressBoxOnline.com on uh, on the topic of Buck being the perfect fit in Houston. Uh And the reason I think that is because this is an analytically driven organization, but they have a management crisis now in the PR world. They need a guy who's going to make Houston Astro fans feel the right level of shame over what they did, but moving on, knowing they got still a great team and talking positively about Houston Astro baseball. And there's nobody better than Buck at oh, spinning absolutely, a tail. Absolutely, and, and I think he would be a great fit down there for that particular situation. And here's an even more important thing, if you're Buck Showalter, is the fact that that team's pretty designed to be winning oh, right he's, now. He's, so he's a great in-game manager. Right, we all know that, and I think it's a perfect setup for him. And I frankly, I hope he gets the job. And and here's the other thing too. You, you're talking about columns, the one that you wrote, but also Jim Henneman this week wrote uh, about how uh, some of the analytics now are, are going to be brought into question about this to to some degree. Right, and whether or not it's kind of its own worst enemy. And, and, I, and I think that's a really good point in that, yes, there's, there's a ton of information out there and a ton of ways to access that information. But in this particular case, it's when people start using the uh, information and the analytics and the different technology that's available to you out right. there for not necessarily the good of the game. No, they're for the good of their for their team and right. the good of their own personal records, you know. Uh, you know, I, I go back, look, the Yankees from 1996 to 2000 were a pretty damn good team, so I would probably rank them the best team of the last 30 years, that Yankee team with Rivera and all. Yeah. Then the other two teams that really stand out to me are the Oakland A's, like 89, 90, 91, and this Houston team the last three years. Okay, I mean, Cleveland's been pretty good at yeah, some time. Yeah. But two of those teams clearly cheated. The Oakland A's were a steroid-using bunch, you know. Yeah, and, that, and then that story with Tony La Russa, their manager. I did not read that Coming Coming yeah. uh, out, or Jack McDowell right. uh, came out this week and said that when La Russa managed the White Sox. Right. And the old Comiskey was McDowell pitching for him. Ah, uh, he was. Was McDowell pitching? Well, for I, think, I, think, I think he was pitching in the division at least. Okay, but uh, no, he would have been pitching for the White Sox. It just seemed yeah. like McDowell didn't come. Uh, go ahead. But anyway, he was yeah. talking about how there was a, a a red light on the scoreboard out in right. Comiskey Park right. with a toggle switch in the manager's office and. 
<laughs> things of that nature. Uh, you know, he says it's. He says, and I'm. I'm he says, I'm bringing this out now right. for total disclosure because I'm getting sick and tired of the double standard where, you know, a lot of people are getting uh, hammered. hammered and named in this and right. some and people, people are, are skating, skating on skating. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, interesting. That's yeah. very interesting. I'll have to read up on that. Uh, but, um, and they, they must have been together at that time because that's what he must be alluding to. Uh, McDowell was probably I'm trying to think because well, because because well, Larusa left the a the White Sox in about '86 and then he went. Did you look it up already? Yeah, it says that uh, Jack McDowell's rookie year, I believe, was '83, and Larusa was there through '86. Oh well, okay. okay. Well, McDowell's rookie season in '83 would have been the year that the Orioles played them in the playoffs. Uh, played them in the in the ALCS. Yeah, yeah, Tito, that's right. That's Tito right. Tito Landrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Off of Brick Burns. Interesting. Uh, that greatest, is interesting. One of the greatest yeah. pictures ever on TV yeah. was Britt Burns' look yeah. in the tent. And because the wind was blowing in gale force, yeah. and Tito just happened to hit a ball that was a line drive it was a laser rocket. Shot. It was a laser, laser shot. shot, yes. All right. Anyway, that's where we are on the program today. Again, if you've gone to Facebook Live, please, and I can tell you haven't so far because – all that uh, has liked the show and shared the show so far, Craig Heist and myself, we like to get up in the number, the double digits in those shares. So please like and share the program. Again, Freddie Gonzalez first, Bill Latson second, Ari Kaplan third of Sports Management Worldwide, and then Jim Henneman will close the show out at 11.35. And no matter what we do in life, Bill Latson should always be second. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are only, what, about three weeks away from spring training? I don't starting. know, but if he's up in New York watching that on Facebook, he's just... <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's do, let's do this, because we don't often... I'm looking for my... There it is. We got a ton of commercials in this show. Let's tell po- folks about the Costas Inn. If they're planning... Where to watch these games tomorrow? The 305 Kansas City hosting Man. Tennessee and the 645 San Francisco hosting Green Bay. Not a better place if you want to go out of your house or not go over a friend's house and be watching a game and eating some crabs or eating some great food. Otherwise, cost us in. Yeah, absolutely. 4100 North Point Boulevard, and uh, they have the best steamed crabs around. And uh, also the famous famous crab cakes that you can get and take and ship anywhere in the country that you want because uh, you have friends, family uh, that want a little flavor of Baltimore. You can do that, and all you have to do is call over uh, to the Costas Inn. Pete will take care of you and uh, make it's interesting. Sure you never you never mention Nick will take care of you. You always say Pete will take care of you. Pete will take care of you. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, Nick's too busy with Nick, other things. Nick's too busy with running things. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, great specials on the menu all week long. Crab cake night on Monday night. Ribs night on Tuesday. Steak night on Wednesday with half-priced bottles of wine for anything on the menu. Uh, lobster night is on Thursday. Great specials throughout the week on the menu. The prime rib uh, is to die for. And uh, if you haven't tried the uh, Salmon St. Michael's, uh that, that is that is the blackened salmon? Uh, with uh, the... Oh, I was thinking of the... Um, 
with the blackened uh, uh, black scallops. And scallops. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can get that too, but that's usually. I got to get out there. And yes, get you do. Into, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, 4100 North Point Boulevard, DeCostas Inn, they will treat you like family. All right. That is DeCostas Inn. And we'll tell you also that uh, portions of this program each week are brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. And we'll let you know that the latest edition of Press Box is available now. And remember, each of our issues now is going to be on the stand for two months. Lots of fresh content online. But the latest edition of Press Box is available now. And it's our very special Press Box Best of 2019 issue presented by Maryland Sports Commission. On the cover, we recognize Lamar Jackson as our Athlete of the Year, and Bill Ardeen honors the inspirational Mo Gabba as our Sports Person of the Year. And I've talked to, by the way, I've talked to uh, Bill about this. Bill was reticent about writing a story. You know, when we describe what this story is about, this kid and his mom that are battling cancer together, uh, Mo's incredible battle, and he's blind, and he's such an incredible you know, inspiration to the people around town. He was going, boy, I've never written anything like this. He said it was one of the most rewarding pieces that he's ever written. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're we're happy that he sort of saw the saw the big story here. Mo Gabba uh, was named our sports person of the year. Inside the issue, we also celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the year. Press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. So there we got some commercials out of the way as we await Freddie Gonzalez calling us. Craig, uh, tomorrow was supposed to be a home game for the Baltimore Ravens against the Kansas City Chief, but a funny thing happened on the way to the conference championship for the Baltimore Ravens. It's been a week now. Uh, These games tomorrow, Tennessee at Kansas City. Kansas City a a 7.5-point favorite after their inspirational comeback from a 24-0 deficit at the hands of the Houston Texans, albeit in Kansas City. Uh, But they look awfully tough right now, Kansas City. They do, and uh, that just goes to show you uh, what uh, Pat Mahomes is all about and what that uh, offensive firepower is all about. Because, you know, the difference between the Ravens getting down and trying to come back and, and I, you know, for as great as Lamar was all year long, he just doesn't have the people – I think necessarily around him, wide receiver wise. I mean, so much of it's been Mark Andrews and the tight ends, but you know, you know, if, and there's a lot of different things we can point to. You know, obviously the injury to Mark Ingram was a big, big deal for this team. So you wind up, you know, with that, and then, well, you know, can you make up for it for it in other areas in the running game? They weren't able to do that, and this this offense was just not equipped to be able to come back. i got to give Dean Pease an awful lot of credit, yeah. though. He took a lot of stuff away from Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about that. But joining us now is the newest member of Brandon Hyde's coaching staff. And uh, Craig Heiss has told me how fond he is of this guy. Joining us now, Freddie Gonzalez on our uh, hotline. How are you, Freddie? I'm doing well, Stan. I'm here having a cup of coffee watching uh, 
where I, being a South Florida native, watching snow come down, but I think it's up here, it's a, <laughs> a, a dusting. I think it's just well, a dusting. Yeah, it's, it's but, funny. Stan said to me, Freddie, he says, do you know Freddie? And I said, absolutely. I said, I love Freddie. And he goes, well, does he know you? And I said, he yeah, would know he me would He know would know me if he saw me for sure because uh, covering the Nationals all the years that I have, uh, we've run across each other several, several times. And uh, uh, Kevin McAlvin, who covers the Braves, is a good friend of mine, and I know you know him as well. Correct, correct. And we've been, we've been, we've known each other for, for uh, wow, I don't even know what it is now, 15, 16 years? Or yeah, something like that. How long that. have you been covering the Nationals? Uh, well, since their inception, since yeah, absolutely. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, over 20 years, probably yeah. now, yeah. Hey, Freddie, so. uh, first question out of the boxes. You had a coaching position with the Miami Marlins. What is better about your position now? And I know I'm not saying this in a way to have you knock the Miami Marlins. What's better for Freddie Gonzalez and more exciting about coaching for the Baltimore Orioles than the Miami Marlins? <laughs> well, I, I think first of all, Stan, I think it's it, it's it's a different position. I was a third base coach there with the, with the Marlins, and and I felt going from uh, you know managing to coaching third base, I felt like I was I, I needed to be. Uh, a, a little bit more exciting for me, right? And, more, and more, so cha- think, more challenging. More challenging. Yeah, yeah that's a better word. Yeah. And um, and so I, you know, going into you know, Brandon asked me about coming over. I had stepped down from uh, right. the Marlins uh, way before you know uh, Brandon and I even spoke. But um, and I had some opportunities or interviews to do that with the Mets and and with and with the Orioles. But uh, it's 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 a challenging. It's more. It's going to be fun for me. It's going to be. Uh, I'm going to be. Uh, you know Brendan's uh, right hand man. There we're gonna be we, we're gonna be talking about baseball and and not that third base is not a challenging position because you know it's it's tough to make those decisions when to send a guy or not send a guy and make sure that everybody gets the signs. But I think this is for, for myself. I think I could I could help Brandon more in that pos- in in a, in a bench coach type role than, um, than than doing anything else. So I we just finished doing a uh, a uh, a little uh, coaches. Uh, retreat in Sarasota. Uh-huh. Uh, I just got back last night. We spent uh, two and a half days down there, you know, getting to know everybody and uh, all the major league coaches were down there and talk a little bit about the team, talk about, you know, what we did last year and going forward and some of the, the goals that we want to reach. And it was really, really, it was really fun. Uh, I have never, I've been in this, in the major leagues 20 years and, and uh, with Atlanta and with Miami and, the, the complex they have there in Sarasota is like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's gorgeous. This is gorgeous. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And, uh, you know, I think now Atlanta's moved down a little further down south there from, from Sarasota, and I hear they got a nice complex. But it is state-of-the-art complex in Sarasota for the players, and, and I'm really excited about going down there uh, the 10th of February and, and get going. Freddie, how will this job be for you in terms of the young players that are on this team and yes, you're going to be Brandon's right hand man, as you said. But also, there's there's a fabulous opportunity here in the teaching role as well um, going forward. One hundred percent. And you know what? I think I think there's a, a misconception. I, I think out there sometimes, just because these guys are, are major leaguers, that they're you know they're they're ready to go, and and that's it can be so wrong uh, because just because they're in the major leagues, they're still got a chance to grow. They still got a chance to get better. They still have a chance to 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 you know to improve on their skills, no matter what. Now, if you're talking a guy that's 
uh, you know, 10 years into a major league career, but that might be a little different. But some of these guys that are that are coming up and getting an opportunity to play in the major leagues and showing their talents, you couldn't have a better place than here, uh, Miami. Uh, I, you know, talking to Brandon a little bit, he's going to be patient with these guys and, and also create a culture of, okay, guys, you know what, we're going to be patient, but we, we're still, we're still going to try to win every single game that we can win. Uh, I think there was that, I, I, and I'm going to misquote the numbers because I don't really remember, but they were, they were winning games like 30-something games from the seventh inning on that they lost. Yeah. Uh, they were winning games. And, and so the next level as a, as a team and organization is like, hey, let's not, we can't lose those games. You know, whatever it is, got to win. If it's 30, let's win. If we lost 30, let's win 20 this year. You know, let's close out games. And, and I think there's a way to, to develop uh, and also win and, and create a winning culture in, in the major leagues. And I think that's what Brandon is. This is his second year in, and, and some of the conversation we had in, in this little mini camp that that that, uh, that we got together. I think that's going to be that's going to be the next step. We're talking with Freddie Gonzalez, the new, newest member of Brandon Hyde's coaching staff. More or less, the term bench coach is being used. Before we go forward with talking about this Orioles squad, I just want to uh, want our listeners and viewers on Facebook Live to understand how long have you known Brandon, and when did you first meet? And how did you hit it off back then? <laughs> That's a great question. I first met Brandon in 2007 when I, uh, when I got the opportunity to manage the, the Miami Marlins. Brandon and Tim Cousins both were uh, in the minor league coaches uh, in, in, in that organization. And I think Brandon and I, he's, he's roughly about 10 years younger than I. Okay. But I, I see our career path uh, uh, parallel. Really. Uh-huh. So you look back, and so... Cousins there, Hyder's there, and I'm the major league manager, and and I'm watching these two young men work and 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 do everything that we ask. And Brandon did, you know, double A manager, triple A manager, farm director, um, uh, you know, rover, and and so you, you know you you could tell talent, you know, you could tell a guy that you know this guy's he wants to do it, he's talented, he's energetic, um, he communicates his communication skills are off the charts. Uh, he's passionate, and so we we've kept in touch both of them. We worked together a little bit um, with the Marlins at the time I was there, uh, those four years, and then we, you know, I parted ways. I went to that, to manage the Braves, and and um, and and Hyder went to the, the Cubs as a couple different roles with Cousins, and and he got an opportunity to to, to be a coach under Joe Madden. So um, that's that's how far we know each other, but we've always kept uh, in touch. Uh, even last year when he got the job, and I. Um, you know, keeping an eye on him and, and, and how he's doing, I would check with him a little bit and check with Cousin because I know that you know losing 104 games, is, it's tough. But yeah. from my understanding and talking to people that he handled it about as good as you can handle it. Uh, uh, he, and so he, that's, a, that's a plus and that's a feather in his cap. Yeah, he certainly did, but nobody wants to handle that too many years in a row. We're talking <laughs> with Freddie Gonzalez. Freddie, now moving over to the Orioles. Must have been different when you managed the Marlins and then you went back over and managed the Braves, same league, same division. Now you come over to a team that you probably don't have a great deal of familiarity with. How have you how so far have you dug in? Is it purely reading stats? Do you look at video of players or do you just want to come this to spring training with a, a blank canvas and start to soak it in how you know these players uh, you know what it's a great question and, and I think I've done a little bit of everything that you're gonna say that you just said 
Uh, I, you know, we, we touched, we didn't really get into the depth of the players in this last couple of days, right. but we touched on a couple of different guys, you know, and, and so I listened, look at the numbers, look at the stats, maybe look, look at some videos, but I think coming in at spring training, I'm going to have, it's going to be a clean slate. I am going to watch these guys and then, you know, and then compare what, what, are, what is Hyder telling me? What's Cousins telling me? What, are, what is the analytical numbers telling me? And then, you know, you, you, you got to make your own. You, you make your own opinion. I think that's best than just mm-hmm. try to go a preconceived notion and go, okay, this is what they tell me. This is what, uh, who they are and, and leave it at that. So I'm going to come in and come in like, I don't know anybody and watch them mm-hmm. play. I, I tell you what, there's one guy that I am looking forward to, to spending time. And I ask questions around with the coaching staff, um, on the way in to the airport the other day, Trey Mancini was on a, on the radio. I think he was on the radio. I, I don't know. It was MLB network. I can't remember right. what it was. But he was on the radio for an hour, and it takes me an hour to get from my house to the airport uh-huh. uh, in the middle of, in the middle of the morning. I, this guy is impressive. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I can't wait to sit down and talk to this young man. Is everything you want, and I don't know anything about him, but other than his name, right? Yep. <laughs> you know. Yep. And and I, the first thing I, I when I saw Hyder when I the first thing I said was tell me a little bit about Trey Mancini because he he was unbelievable on the radio. Uh, you know, he asked all the questions. He didn't shy for any of the questions. He, you know, he spoke well. He was a guy that you, you know, you're you're proud to, for him to be a Baltimore Oriole. When he goes, Freddie, you're gonna love Trey Mantini. Yeah, he is. He is the guy that you know we, we could build around here. Very special. Very special. And uh, you know, not not just with the ball club and with his teammates, Freddie, but also gets out in the community quite a bit and uh when when you're doing that and you're kind of well-rounded like that that's always an asset uh, when you're when you're when you're a ball player in a certain city uh to be able to do that let me ask you this though with uh with your time with the braves early on and it was you know i guess 90 let's see 2015 16 was your last years there right 16 yeah okay so nick marcakis uh, a, a, he's been a favorite in this town forever. And, of course, the injuries kind of happened up here with him late, and then uh, he wound up leaving and going down to Atlanta. Uh, just from your little bit of time there with him, can you can you speak to just what kind of player he was for, for you? And and was he everything for you that he was in Baltimore for us here? Actually, 100%. This guy is one of my – he's going to go down, and I only spent uh, – I only spent two months with him, I think, because he came up in sixteen, right? Right. Uh, and I and I got fired, you know, thirty games into it. But and and he was just coming back from the back surgery, I think it was right. Cerv- cervical. So he, he had the same surgery I had, cervical fusion, neck. Correct. Yeah. And it took him a little while to get going, you know. Uh, but this guy, for me, and and you know, going back there after I got fired and going back there in Miami, he was one of the first, one of the first, and maybe one of the few that reaches out to you after hearing the news about you getting fired mm-hmm. and, and we have kept close and I go see, you know, I see him, I make sure I see him when, when both teams played the last three years and ask about his families and, and the wife and the whole thing. And the mom and dad live in Atlanta and, uh, or in the Atlanta area. And, um, he's going to go down as one of my favorite uh, players, uh, that I've ever coached or managed. Uh, this guy is a stand up guy. Uh, I think he still has a lot left. He takes care of himself. I am rooting for him to get 3000 hits. Yeah, um, and 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 he's he's close, right? I think he's got two solid yeah, years. Yeah, he's, he's twenty eight hundred or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's you know, really, maybe a good solid yeah. year and a little bit. But I am really rooting for him to to uh, 
to to get those three thousand hits uh, uh, for his career. And and you talk about a solid right fielder. Uh, you know, he's now getting close up there. He's getting a little long in the tooth, but he's still fundamentally sound. You can't challenge him, you know, because he'll he's accurate and his arm strength still plays. Uh, he gives you a great at bat. Uh, he knows the strike zone. You know, you know, you get as a manager, you get players out there that complain about every strike. Play. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Twenty three fifty five. Right. Okay. okay. I, I thought he was a little bit more than twenty eight, but yeah. so he's got two solid years. Maybe yeah. you know, maybe two and, and some change. And I think he could keep himself. Um, or he has kept himself in great shape that he may be able to do it. Uh, uh, but yeah, this guy is a solid, solid performer on the field. Great uh, teammate. Um, he's got great, solid character. Great family man. Uh, I, I really enjoy the time that I was spent with him. Uh, Freddie, I wanted to ask you. I'm, I'm not going to buzz you with a bunch of questions about new Orioles or current Orioles. But one player, you you know what it must have been like here last year with a young player. Uh, uh, Richie Martin taken in a Rule 5 from Double A, thrown into deep water starting 80, 90 games at big league shortstop. He did some good things defensively, but can you talk a little bit about how a, a Jose Iglesias is going to settle down this infield and maybe help the pitchers, uh, you know, the starting pitchers on this staff? You know what? It's, it's, um, I think defense is so important Especially when you got a pitching staff that is young yep. and it's and they're learning uh, because they, they don't know how to cover up the mistakes. Yep. Right? You get a veteran guy, you get a Cole, you get a Strasburg, you get a Scherzer. They, you know, somebody makes an error and now it's first and third and two outs. They're not going to get spooked. You're going to cover that up with a young pitching staff. You can't you can't give away outs. And I think Jose Iglesias. Um, you know, Hyder and I talked about him. Hyder had him in the fall league. I just saw him play yeah. across the diamond, and and then I think this guy's gonna uh, it's gonna be tremendous shortstop. He still has a he still has a, a range. He still has plus range. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have fun watching this guy play shortstop. And he's and and at and at the plate, he is dangerous. He's not an out. You know, I think he had a pretty good career in Cincinnati. Uh, offensively, had a, or he had a good year. Yeah, he had 11, 11 home runs, which was double his career high before. Right, and I think he hit two high 280s, maybe. 280, maybe 280 two. and he knocked in two, uh, 59 runs. 59. Yeah, runs, so, so he's not an out, but he's going to he's gonna hold down that, that infield position. He's going to make everybody else better. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, those those outs that are getting through the infield or we're not making plays are, are being made and gives us gives those young pitchers a chance to breathe. You know, it's like, you know, it's like those fly balls they drop. It's like, you know, when you deal with the young pitching, you cannot, you cannot, uh, those young pitchers don't know how to handle that. The, the uh, stat, the stat that sticks in my head, and I just researched it about 10 days ago, the Orioles were last in all of baseball at allowing two out runs. They allowed 388 two out runs. Now, I'm not naive enough to say all of those followed errors, but clearly some of them followed maybe a, an error at the beginning of an inning that made it tougher on a young pitcher, and that's where I think a Glacius a steadying uh, influence in the infield can help. 100%. And if you look back, you could, it either was a base on ball from a young pitcher, you know, uh, he, got, he went 0-2 and then ended up walking a guy, yeah. or, we, or they made an error, or, or maybe it wasn't even an error, right? It was yep. a play that should have been made and yep. they didn't make it, and all of a sudden, you know, instead of getting out of that inning, he's got to face two more hitters. And not only that, now you're talking about 
10, 12, 15 extra pitches, pitches to get out of that yep. inning, which instead of going six or seven, now you only got to get, you, you go, you get through five, you know, and, and taxes your bullpen. So it really, it really it, it accumulates a lot of different stuff, but not making plays or, or, or a shoddy defense. Freddie, this is just a, a straight question about pitching from my perspective, and that's that we saw what the Nationals did in winning the World Series with Strasburg and Scherzer and Corbin and Annabelle Sanchez, as opposed to how successful the Tampa Bay Rays are with, you know, using, yeah, they have good starters, but they, but a lot of times it's, you know, you throw the, the starter out there and, you know, it's it's kind of like the, the reliever being the starter and then it's basically a bullpen <laughs> game. Yeah, they call it the beginner or whatever. The beginner, yeah. Uh, yeah, the beginner. <laughs> the, the opener or whatever. The opener, opener. That's right, the opener. The, the beginner, yeah. Just the, the contrast between those two styles and being successful. Well, I, I think, and look at the, the Astros who, who who lost, right? Yeah. Um, and look at their three starters, right? Right. Or, or fourth, because they, they threw a young kid there a game four that was pretty darn good. Yeah. But, right. you know, they throw Cole and Verlander and Greinke and then that young man. I don't know if he pitched a World Series or he pitched a division. It was the World he, Series. It was the World yeah, Series. Yeah. yeah, he pitched really, really well. So I, I think the Tampa Bay model or that opener model might work during the, the season. But when you get into a short season, you better have some studs. Mm-hmm. You better, you know, because you're going to match up. You can't start. You can't start an opener against against Cole, you know, or or Strasburg. You better have a. You better have Cole against Strasburg or or Cole against Scherzer because they're going to. You're going to have to put up zeros for for four or five, six innings. Well, uh, and it was funny because they kept asking me, well, you know, what's the difference if you, you know, if they can only keep one or two, and they're and they're going to keep either Strasburg or Rendon. Right. I said, look, I think they could probably do both. But if it's going to come down to one or the other, give me that starting pitching every time. No question, and and, and I'm and I'm, I'm big on that. I think I think that uh, that's the way you win games. That's how you sustain championship seasons. You know, running those five, those you know, it helps everybody out when you know when you got Scherzer and and uh, let's say the Nationals, you got Scherzer and you got Strasburg. You know, it gives your bullpen a chance to breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like okay, we've only <laughs> and that was an issue last year, <laughs> <laughs> right? We won't. We may only have to cover two innings. You know, and and I've been there. I've been there in, in, in early Miami Marlin days where you sit there and you go, "Holy cow, we only have like eleven innings worth of pitching." <laughs> you know, uh, and that's if everything goes well because we got these young kids and can't pitch in our bullpen and strain. But it's nice to have those, you know, and to, you know, I, 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 and right now the Nationals have three guys that can give you deep in ball games with Corbin and and Strasburg and and uh, and Scherzer. It gives a chance to for your bullpen. You put them to where you think they're going to be successful instead of just you, you just have to use them. So it's really it's I, I know we've gone through a little bit of a downfall about you know the opener and anybody could pitch. But I think what we've seen here in the last couple of years, especially in the postseason, it's you better have some you better have some guys and studs there on the mound uh, starting games for it. Freddie Gonzalez is our guest. Freddie, I got one more question for you. You've been very kind with your time to come on with us, and I look forward to meeting you in early March down in Sarasota. Um, I, we have a guest coming on in about 40 minutes or, or 25, 30 minutes, uh, Ari Kaplan, who's a statistical, analytical guy who has taught people, uh, mostly younger people coming up in the game that want to learn the analytical side. 
But I read an article about a month ago that when Mike Matheny was let go by the Cardinals, he reached out to this guy and said, when I manage again, I want to be better at understanding and embracing the analytical side of baseball. Uh, I think there's a place for both, you know, gut baseball knowledge uh, that is born of some understanding and numbers. But where do you fit in on that? Are you a believer, a full embracer of analytics? Are you an appreciator of them? Do you understand them? Absolutely. And you know what? I did the same thing. I did the same thing Mike did. And, you know, I I reached out to a, a, a gentleman named Thomas Miller. Okay. And he, he taught that uh, in Northwestern. Okay. Right? He taught analytic, and he had a book out. And so I was researching it. You know, I want to get better. So I called him. He called me right back. And he goes, Freddie, you don't need to take my class. You know, he goes, you know what you're talking about. The only thing you need to do to do is learn the language. Analytics yeah. is a language. It's a vocabulary, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's a different vocabulary. It's, it's a language. Learn- Nobody's going to ask you to write the, the, the formula for all this stuff, <laughs> right? But they're going to ask you to understand it. And so that's what I have. And, and, and every, time we go to, every time we go to L.A. for the last three years, I always have uh, lunch with him. Uh-huh. And um, he's, um, he's a terrific um, gentleman, and he always has time for me. Uh, and he's still, in, uh, he's still, I think he's a consultant for a couple of the basketball teams there uh-huh. in the NBA, and I think he's now dabbling a little bit into uh, European soccer, okay. which I'm understanding they're really, really heavy in the analytics. Yes, they uh, are. Even more than, than baseball. So, yeah, there is there is that. And, and you know, I, I, I look at it this way. I think that we went three or four years, maybe even longer, that everybody's analytics, analytics, analytics. And the pendulum sw- swung that way a lot. I think the pendulum is swinging back to the middle, to the guys that uh-huh. have no experience like myself and Mike. But we learn, and we're open to learn. We're not the old, you know, the old, uh, you know, old school, right? No, well, I'm old school, but I, I, I'm, I'm willing to learn. Now, if you're not willing to learn or, or willing to come back and say, listen, I, okay, give me some of the analytic stuff, you're not going to be around this game. You're going to be, you're going to be passed by. You're going to be gone. We spent uh, uh, when I did interview with Sig. Sig and Mike Elias in uh, October, the end of October of uh, 19, uh, I was looking forward to talking to Sig. And and then this last three or four days um, that we were in Sarasota, we met with the analytical teams. And I tell you what, these young men are bright. And, and they're not looking to take over. They're looking to help. And and, 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 and vice versa, right? We, we, we throw them questions about this and, and back. And, and so, so far, I, I've had the opportunity to worked under two analytical teams, one with the Marlins and one with the Orioles. And so far I've, I've come across very impressed and looking, really looking forward to, to embracing some of the, some of the stuff that they come up with. And, and it's fun. It's baseball. We talk baseball. They put numbers behind it. Right. Yep. You know? and, 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 you know, we can say, Hey, you know, uh, Davis hit the ball, hit the, the, the brick building in right field, went over Boot Powell's barbecue. So we know, <laughs> but you know, they're talking, they're talking exit velocity was yep. this, the, the, you know, the launch angle was that, and, and, you know, it's the same thing, same conversation, but just different just different vocabulary. Freddie, thanks a million for coming on with us. We'll talk to you down in Sarasota, and I know you'll see Craig all summer long, all right? You, you got it. Thank you so much. All right, there you go. Freddie Gonzalez, news member of the Orioles <laughs> coaching staff. Bill Latson comes up in just a couple. Live Casino Hotel's brand-new venue, the Hall at Live, is open and will host lots of world-class entertainment in 2020 tonight. Watch UFC 246 as Conor McGregor fights Donald Cowboy Cerrone. 
a $10 general admission viewing party ticket gets you one premium cocktail beer or wine. A $25 ticket gets you the all-you-can-eat wing buffet. For $35, enjoy a premium open bar. And for $60, get the wing buffet and premium open bar. Other great events coming to the hall live this year included a big game viewing party February the 2nd, fight night February 28th, squeeze February 29th, OAR March 14th, Adam Sandler March 19th, Air Supply April 3rd, Josh Groban April 16th, Patty LaBelle May 2nd, Gabriel Iglesias August 22nd. Get your tickets now by going to Live Casino hotel.com want to talk to you a little bit about real barbecue an amazing selection of whiskey and microbrews when you come to blue pit barbecue in hamden you get the cool atmosphere and the best barbecue in the area that's right all made fresh and smoked every day open for lunch and open late blue pit is also great for parties and events go to bluepitbarbecue.com that's bluepitbbq.com for menus and directions Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Terps and Caps season with all the games on dozens of TVs. Sliders Daily Specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week, including Fancy Clancy Pilsner. Find out about all of the parties and get info on having your own party or company event at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars. Royal Farms is known for being real fresh and real fast, but we're also real Baltimore. That's because Baltimore is our home base and our home. Like purple and black, flamingos and sunglasses, or crabs and Old Bay, our subs are real Baltimore, right down to the name. We make them fresh, delicious, and to your order, all day, every day, at a price that's easy to swallow. Royal Farms subs are another reason why Royal Farms is real fresh, real fast, real Baltimore. Celebrate Baltimore's dominant offensive line with the brand new Most Valuable Protectors t-shirts, which recognize how the incredible O-line has helped pave the way for an MVP quarterback. When you buy the MVP shirt, not only will you be supporting the team, you'll also be donating to the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation and their efforts to eliminate bullying in schools. Available in white and gray for just $25, the long sleeve version just $29.99. Go now to bozemanshirt.com. That's bozemanshirt.com. Buy a shirt, support your team, and help stop bullying. Check out Costa's Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes, and their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-priced bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostaZen.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square now offers their piping hot chicken noodle and chicken chicken tortilla soup. Shredded chicken breast with navy and black beans in a white creamy soup base with a perfect blend of vegetables and spicy heat. Topped off with seasoned corn tortilla strips, obviously perfect for cold weather. Plus, it's a great compliment to the best chicken sandwich on the planet. And if you're hosting or headed to a party, pre-order from Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square Catering for not only is it delicious and a fan favorite, but it smells amazing and it'll be ready when you are. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A Chick-fil-A bonus points, good for free food, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square.
there, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Call Steve if you'd like your party catered by Chick-fil-A, 410-931-0031. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do that than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventures across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen, and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world, and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? Go to army.com slash Baltimore to find out. To learn more, contact your local Army recruiter and find us on social media at U.S. Army Baltimore. All right, you are listening to the the Battle Round, and it's broadcast each and every Saturday from the Live Casino Hotel Studio. That's right, the Live Casino Hotel Studio. And we remind you that the Battle Round is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. Coming up at around 11.08, Ari Kaplan, Jim Henneman at 11.35, all from the Live Casino Hotel studio. But joining us now is the one, the only, and as Craig Heiss would say, thank God the only, Bill Latson. How are you, Bill? I'm doing all right. How about you guys? All right. So, I get this text this week, okay? Right off the bat, the cheating scandal going on, people losing their jobs left and right. And I immediately, as soon as I, I'm watching the Astros press conference live on MLB right. channel, okay, and the first thing that pops into my mind is, I bet Latson is going to tell me the Yankees should have the World <laughs> Series given to them. And sure enough, about a half hour later, I get this text, the Yankees should be given the World Series title. <laughs> How are you, William? I'm doing all right, Craig. How about you? Do, do you really feel that way, Bill, that they should be getting the title? Well, well, listen. You know, when I talk to Craig, it, it's in a jokey matter. But, I, I'm, re, you know, when I talk to you guys, I'm realistic, okay? Yeah. The answer is no. They, they should not get the World Series title back. Neither should the Dodgers. I, I think the commissioner did a great job. I'm not just saying that because um, working at MLB.com. I mean... They did a thorough investigation, and uh, you guys saw the consequences, and uh, it was shocking to say the least. Bill Latson is our guest. Bill, uh, uh, pretty stunning that you know we we see some half-ass punishments meted out in sports. You know, like the pitcher that gets a a, a starting pitcher gets a, f- a four-day or five-day suspension for throwing at somebody. What's the point, you know, almost? These were really pretty strong uh, signals that uh, this commissioner is not going to tolerate any abuse of using the technology to cheat. Uh, You're absolutely right. And the thing is, it's not over yet. I mean, you know, we don't know how much, uh, you know, uh, the Boston Red Sox. Alex Corey is going to get. You know, I know that uh, Carl's Beltran, is not going to be punished. But the thing is, though, um, you got to ask yourself, is he going to get another job in baseball? And, you know, I don't have the answer to that. But uh, Yeah, I mean, his punishment, his punishment came. We know he's not going to get a suspension, but his punishment came in the fact that it put him in a compromised situation such that he and the Mets parted ways this week. Yes, and, uh, you know, it, it was it was shocking. I mean, I think everyone was ready to have Beltran as the guy. 
but uh, but now they're searching for a manager now, and who well, that is, I don't know. I mean, I'm just speaking for myself here. I hope Dusty Baker gets another chance. I hope Buck Showalter. Yeah, I, I like I like the veteran guy uh, to get another chance because uh, to say that they don't know analytics, uh, I think is a lie. Well, you know, here's the bottom line. You said you know you were happy with the way Major League Baseball and the commissioner handled it. But again, with the steroid thing, same thing. And, and and with this issue, they turned a blind eye to it. They knew what was going on yeah, but until it, they but, got caught. But with the steroids, you could argue the case that they turned a blind eye for 6, 7, 8 years. This is they got it pretty they got it pretty quick here. These warnings though were sent out 2, 3 years ago about this stuff going on. Right. So two, two years ago, well, right? I'm and now, saying. and now they've and drawn look, a Latroy, line. Latroy Hawkins, who played right. 21 years in the big leagues, said, "You know, I don't know why everybody's so upset about this." Uh, he said, uh, "You know, cheating's been going on forever." Right. He's just trying to gain an advantage. He said they had a chance to use technology. They did. They got caught. He says, uh, "Did they take it too far?" Sure. People lost their jobs. He said. But some people might have uh, lost their careers in it. Major League Baseball did a good job sending the message this time. Yeah. But he said, but they totally missed the boat by not doing something about it as soon as they found out about it. Well, it's, you know, I'll tell you what changed. What changed was they got a player to, uh, they got a player to pipe up. Right. And Mike he Fires said, and he piped said up. that. He said, and, and people taking shots at Mike Fires like Jessica Mendoza. I, I think she is so off base here. Well, I, I, but, but again, but again. She turned, I mean, she uh, retracted what she said. She, she so, walked back, I mean, she walked back from it. Yeah. You know. But LaTroy Hawkins said. You know, here's what my problem with fires. You pitch for them. You know what's going on. You win a World Series. You get the ring, and then you do it when you're gone. You're 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 turning your back on the people who are supposed to turn your be your friends and stuff. He said, "I don't work that way." He says, "If you were going to do this now, he said you should have done it while you were pitching for the Astros." I mean, that's I that's, a, that's, 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 that's that's I got I got to tell you, Craig. That's your opinion. I, I don't think fire. Well, it's not my wrong. opinion. It's not my opinion. It's Latroy Hawkins' opinion. Right, right. I mean, that's his opinion. I mean, I think, uh, you, you know, fire should be looked at. Uh, I don't think he should be looked at as a, as a you know, a villain. Right. I think he should be looked at <clears throat> as, a, as a hero. To be honest with you. Well, you and I think the same way, Bill. Uh, look, yeah. he got he got. First of all, I don't think he started the seventeen season with the Astros. He might have, but I, I, he might have gotten caught. He might have gotten caught up in it the first year when he sort of d- didn't know the seriousness of how far Beltron and Cora were going to take this thing. He might have thought it was sort of innocent fun uh, initially, and then when he had time to reflect upon it. Uh, I think he did the right thing stepping forward. I agree with you. I mean, I don't don't have a problem. The exact quote was, I wish Fires would have done it while he was was on the Astros and not when he left. He says that would have more integrity. Win a World Series with them, go away, and now you talk about it? If you had integrity, why didn't you talk about it? When it was happening, uh, that's a uh, that's a reasonable point to to argue, but I think I've I've hit on it. You know, sometimes you might get caught up in something, and maybe he's sitting there watching it from the A's bench and seeing the extent of how it looks. Um, you know, 
perspectives change, and I think he is sort of a hero here. Your thoughts on the Jessica Mendoza? First of all, why is why when baseball is sort of got a gag order going on, and she works as a consultant with the Mets? Why was she allowed by the Mets to go on that show to discuss this to begin with? I don't know. I mean, Jessica Mendoza, I can't answer that for you, uh, Stan, because um, no one has the answers. Yeah. No one has the answers. But uh, she backtracked, and, uh, you know. I mean, she, I got to tell you, the, you know, the word naivete comes to mind when she says that she appreciates the end result and- but she wished that the investigation was started more, you know, um, organically, you know, without the help of a whistleblower. Well, that's, excuse me, the world isn't perfect. That's how a lot of times rights, wrongs get righted is through the, the whistleblower. Right, right. So, listen, I, I, I don't have, like I told you, I don't have a problem with what Mike Fires did. Yep. I mean, uh, I, I just don't. And... Let- and, and the players didn't. And players didn't get suspended. So I mean, right. you know. So I, I think the commission did the right thing. I urge I you to go. I urge you to go. We'll read the uh, column in USA Today because it's not only got uh, it's not only got uh, Latroy uh, Hawkins. Hawkins, but it's got uh, Ron Washington, who both you and I know, uh, and mm-hmm. and you know from his coaching and his managerial days. Uh, but also, you know, the the whole big deal with what Jack McDowell said the other day. Yeah. By the way, uh, Paul, you you said you were mistaken on McDowell's first season with the uh, White Sox. Yeah, I um, I for it was some not reason 1983. I, no, I thought I saw that he that he started in '83. Actually, started in '87. He never actually pitched for Tony Larusa. But okay, that's what said I said. There was a thing implemented by Larusa when he had gotten there. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on to these managerial openings. There's never been in the history of baseball three high-profile managing jobs open three weeks before spring training. Does that help Dusty Baker and Buck Showalter or maybe a Mike Socia be taken more seriously for these positions that they might be truly ready to go? I hope so. Um, I mean, these guys have have track records. I mean, it shouldn't be a question of whether these guys can manage today. I mean, I think we saw as recently two, to 2017 that Dusty Baker can manage. Right. I think I, I think we've seen over the years that Buck, that Buck Showalter can take a bad team and turn it into playoff contenders. He did it with Baltimore. He did it with uh, the Yankees. He did it with Texas. He did it with Arizona. So, I mean... There shouldn't be any question about whether they can do it or not. They can do it. I like totally, coaches. totally agree. So, what happened when when Beltran resigned? A lot of us thought they'd immediately turn to probably the runner-up Eduardo Perez uh, and jump on him. Then we heard it was going to go. They were leaning toward Luis Rojas, and now all of a sudden it says there's a renewed interest in Dusty Baker. You have any sense of what turned the tide there? Listen, I can't. I can't speculate, uh, Stan. I just can't. And but I'll tell you this: uh, the one thing I know is that uh, Dusty Baker can match. I mean, the unfortunate thing with Dusty Baker is that the way he's lost in the postseason. I mean, I mean, Dusty Baker has to change. 
the way he do things and he does things in the postseason. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. So if he can do that, and I think he will, uh, I think uh, things will be so great for any team who hires him. All right. Let me ask you this: Brody Van Wagenen is still the GM in New York. Chaim Bloom is the GM in Boston. Houston needs a GM now. Do they hire the GM first in Houston, or do they, does Jim Crane and who he's got on hand hire the manager first? What what's, do you think? What's Dan Duquette doing right now? <laughs> he ain't going to yeah. be with Buck Showalter, I'll tell you that. I'll, 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 this is what I think. I think, you know, Jim Crane is going to be totally involved in the, in the operation, baseball operations. Right. I, I think they have to get a general manager first. first. But, I mean, again... If you get a general manager, is he going to be like a guy who says he got to know just analytics first, which I think is a bad idea. Right. I think, I think you know, I, I think you got to look for a general manager who's like Mike Rizzo, a guy who, who's going to look at the, who's going to look at the eye test, to be honest with you. He's going to rely on scouts. I mean, this makes Mike Rizzo look like a hero, to be honest with you, because this guy... Relies on um, on scouts big time, so I, I think you got to look for a guy who um, who does both analytics and the eye test. So uh, this is what I think, and I think the GM should be hired first. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a person uh, come on in the next hour, uh, Bill. And uh, Ari, Kaplan. Ari Kaplan, who's going to talk going to be little, on in about 10 minutes. Yeah, talk a little bit about analytics and what he's involved in. But, you know, something that uh, that I saw and I heard uh, that was written by Jim Henneman for Pressbox online, and that is now, well, will people take a little bit of a different look at the analytics uh, in, in terms of, the technology because of what's come out of all of this. And uh, he brings up a very interesting point in that maybe maybe the analytics and, and the technology and everything involved is the game's own worst enemy because of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean you've seen what teams have done the last uh, three years where they've, you know, they've uh, dismissed scouts. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, even the Orioles have done it recently. So I, I, I don't know. I think um, I hope people look at scouts differently now uh, because I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, they, are they perfect? Absolutely not. Analytics perfect? Absolutely not. But I, if you can use both, that's a different story. Yeah. So, so if you can use both, let's uh, talk about some of these people that were suspended. Jeff Lunau. AJ Hinch, Alex Cora, will they will they appear back in the game? Uh, you know, look, I'm going to sound like a lot of the people on on TV, but with uh, AJ Hinch, I think he will get a chance. But you don't look nearly as good. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you know, though, I'll tell you though, AJ Hinch. I think everyone is going with AJ Hinch. What a great guy! Yeah, and I and I think the way he handled himself. In the press release, and over the years, I think you'll get another job. There's no question. All right, Cora, uh, Cora, much uh, yeah. more problematic. Uh, 
I, I think he will get another chance. I really do. I mean, another another nice guy. So I think the way they handle themselves with the media, I think uh, they will get another chance. Now, Lou now, I don't know. I mean, uh, look, I'm, I'm telling you like everybody else. I mean, his press release did, is, is not helping. Right, you know where he says he's not a cheater and blaming it all on uh, uh, low low level employees. Yeah, so that's a bad. I, I don't know. That's a bad look. To, yeah, to call people so to I, work I'm, for you low level. I, I'm sounding like everybody else, but you know what though? I don't know if you can feel sorry for me because he's going to land another job somewhere else outside of baseball. So that's the whole deal. How does Jim Crane come lo- come off looking to you? I think he comes off looking great, to yeah. be honest with you. I mean, he went beyond what Major League Baseball did. So, um, I think he looks good, no doubt about it. Okay, I just wonder. Uh, I was having a little problem with my mic, that's all. Uh, let me ask you this, then. When you go forward, uh, spring training coming up in about three weeks, are you going number one? Uh, no, I'm not. You're not, okay. No. What do you expect out? Well, there's there goes the Florida Treasury. They yeah, won't get that Florida much money. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's what uh, for those speeding tickets. Well, no. What happens? You know, Sonny's takes a big time hit because Bill's not in spring training right. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what is Sonny's? Sonny's is a great barbecue place okay. down there. I mean, no question about it. I mean, we used to no doubt we used to ride him all the time about this, right? And uh, you know, but. The the Sunnies was right across the street from the hotel we used to stay at. So, like, you know, if there's a seven-day week, we were there five days out of the seven. <laughs> yeah, they had some great chicken, man. So. You, I mean, whew. I got it. And now, now there's two two hotels down in Melbourne. Okay. Right. One was the Holiday Inn where Bill and I would stay. And across the street, there was the what? The, uh, what was it? Where Charlie and Dave stayed all the time. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. Anyway. Bill calls Charlie on the phone and says, well, why don't we do breakfast? And Charlie says, well, that's good. Let's do that. So Bill walks across and goes over to this hotel that Charlie and Dave are staying at because they have free breakfast downstairs (laughs) in the lobby. That's great. That's great. And I never thought about that, commending you on that. That was great thinking, Bill. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now, let me ask you this about the Yankees as you're getting close to spring training. Uh, obviously, uh, we know more pitching, but what about Aaron Boone uh, again? And uh, it, it would appear to me, at least on the surface, from an offensive standpoint, this team is loaded for bear and ready to make another run. Oh, there's no question. I'm, I'll never question the offense. It's uh, it's going to be great this year. Uh, G- wow. We just, lose, lost we, just we just lost him. All right. Just like that. All right. I have no idea. We were going to have to cut Bill after no, anyway, that answer, yeah. so uh, we'll we'll maybe you can call him back <laughs> off the air and apologize. We don't know what happened, but we'll tell him we'll join him next week. All right, all right. Uh, is my mic on? Okay. Today's show is sponsored by Citron Restaurant and Bar. You'll love their fresh Atlantic seafood, sushi, and thick grass-fed steaks. Their Wagyu beef burgers are to die for. CitronBaltimore.com. Again, today's show sponsored by Citron Restaurant and Bar. We are broadcasting from the live casino hotel studios 
and we're going to make our connection right now with Mr. Ari Kaplan. All right, this All right. is going to be an interesting discussion. Yeah, because of everything that uh, he represents in terms of his teaching uh, with right. the analytics and. You know, but remember, I, I, he's not going to. I, I know, I know. Major League Baseball's got these folks on a on a little bit of a uh, a QT, if you will. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, just to to, to find out how he he was able to help Mike Matheny. Yeah. We heard that Freddie Gonzalez used his own guy. And by the way, mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. did the same thing when he got let go by the Packers, not right. with Ari Kaplan, but he dug into the analytics in football which he thought would make him much more employable and more not just getting the job but being better than you were before. Yeah, and that's that's something to be said for, yeah. uh, you know. But it's interesting is Ari there? All right, joining us right now is Ari Kaplan and I almost don't know quite how to introduce him, but I will say he's uh, the owner and operator of Sports Management Worldwide. He also has worked in Major League Baseball for 30 years dealing with uh, analytical information for clubs, a variety of baseball teams, including the Baltimore Orioles. Joining us on the show right now is Ari Kaplan. Ari, how are you? Doing great. Hi, Stan. Hi, everyone. And Craig Heist is my co-host. Ari, how long were you with the Orioles? I was with them one year in 1990, and then I um, went to many other teams and rejoined them when Dan Duquette took over. Okay, yeah. So that was 2013 to uh, 18. We, we were talking before, and we know we're not going to talk about the uh, sign-stealing stuff because Major League Baseball doesn't want people talking about it, you know, that work for MLB, and I understand that and respect that. Uh, I, asked our, uh, I asked Freddie Gonzalez, longtime manager in the big leagues and now coach with the Orioles, I asked him about the Mike Matheny situation where, where when he got let go by one Major League team, he sought out your help and wanted to, wanted to put himself in a better position to not just get another job, but succeed at a higher level at that job. And he turned to you to study analytics. And Freddie said he did much the same thing when he was let go. His guy was a guy named Tom Miller. Uh, and Tom Miller said something which I found interesting. He said, you don't really need to study with me and 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 learn new information all you need is the vocabulary the terminology because you already know this stuff mm. is that an accurate statement ari well well first of all it was an inspiration to have mike and you know someone like freddie uh you know willing to you know uh be self-reflective and uh-huh. see where they need to improve um it, it was great to see that from the beginning but um, yeah, to, to, to um, Tom Miller and, and Freddie's point, it, in some ways it's about terminology, um, you know, and, in, uh, and how you communicate. But in other ways, you know, it's always good to understand what new technology is out there. There's a lot of, uh, like, vendors and a lot of techniques that, uh, you know, every, whether it's machine learning, whether it's sensor technology like Rapsodo or um, Hawkeye, which is coming out, um, you know, the, there are some tangible new things that would be uh-huh. helpful, but yeah, by and large, um, it, it's all about taking information and using it to help you either win games uh, at the managerial level or select new players or draft different people. And um, I've, I've, in addition to being, uh, you know, the front office with analytics, 
uh, also have been huge honor of being a major league scout and advanced scout. And, 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 you know, the language is, is that's a great point in that, uh, you know, sometimes a scout would use one phrase and the analytics would use the other and they're saying the same thing. So, so I do appreciate that comment and th- think, think that's great. It's, it's interesting. And I've, you and I emailed a couple times back and forth this week. I find I'm 68 years old and I've been around the game and been part of the media for over 30 years now. And when analytics first kind of, I won't say burst on the scene, but they've sort of more seeped into the, into the vernacular. Um, I, I said, well, I, I kind of understand this stuff. And now it's been around seven, eight years. And I find that when I've got certain terminology, I'm lost. Uh, and I feel like some of what the game that I love so much, I'm not able to understand something about it. How would you suggest not a 20- or 25-year-old guy who wants a career in baseball, but somebody who's been around for a long time as a fan of the game, how do you think we can learn better how to understand the analytics? Well, that's a good question. And, um, you know, there's analytics that are out there in the public that fans can mm-hmm. learn and grow and appreciate. And um, Baseball Savant, which is a website that Major League Baseball acquired, I think does an excellent job of taking what could be complex advanced analytics and, and making it simple enough to um, and, and educational and entertaining enough for people to, uh, to digest. Is there a um, book? Is there a book there for you and me to write, Ari, called "Baseball Analytics for Dummies"? There you go. I like that. <laughs> we could follow up after, but yeah. You know, so, so there's like, um, you know, websites, uh, Baseball Prospectus, um, but but there's so many you know good authors out there. Some of them are uh, you know too hard to follow for common fans, but other of them try to like demystify it. Um, so yeah, Baseball Prospectus, Fan Graphs. Uh, baseball savant, which is now yep. uh, part of MLB dot com, um, or have me on the show more, and I'd be happy to. <laughs> <play anything. laughs> that's 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 what we need to do. Let me ask you this, and and I'm about as old school as you can get, and I, at the beginning of all of this, I certainly fought the analytics end of it uh, uh, to a large degree, but where does the, I guess the balance? We had a manager here in Buck Showalter who would always say, yes, I embrace the analytics, but if I think more with my gut, if I see something that with, is more with my gut, I'm always going to go with my gut. How do, you, how do you come to a happy medium between the two? Great. And, yeah, I, I've worked uh, when I was with uh, Dan Duquette with uh, Buck Showalter, you know, for my second stint with the Orioles and worked with, you know, what you call old school and, uh, new school and everything in between. And, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, they're real players. Uh, you know, at the major league level, you have games to win. Um, you have, you typically can use both advanced scouts and analytics and the coaching staff to prepare for a game before it starts. And then when the game's underway, you know, you, you're relying on the, the manager to make in-game decisions. Right. You know, they have information the public doesn't, uh, how players are feeling, on whether, like, command and deception are key parts of the game. And that's, you know, something you can try to evaluate before the game starts. But when it comes down to it, if they don't command a pitch in that game, 
you have to be able to see it and adjust to it. Um, but yeah, so that's like at the basic level. Yeah, I would agree with that. But at the next level, I've worked with uh, managers who are like so old school. At first, they wouldn't even sit down with me to understand what it is they're rejecting in in, in me. They wouldn't even. Uh, you know, begin the conversation. And, so and, I would, and that's yeah. an excellent point. Just the fact that, you know, maybe you're so blind to it that you don't want the... Well, you're protective of what you know. Right. And you're uncomfortable in the... And you don't want to admit to being dumb in an area. Right. Like, hey, I really don't understand this. Uh, so you, in my opinion, what you do, Ari, in that case... And I think Buck is a little guilty of this. I think you okie dokie everybody, and you kind of convince them that, oh yeah, I understand that, and you don't really, and you don't really do anything to to obtain the knowledge. And I think that that can be harmful. And, and Buck would say okie dokie, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, one one thing with that is, you know, it, it's you know when I present uh, insights that are based on. Uh, analytics mm-hmm. or, or even scouting, you know, I don't come in at, you know, at first with like, here's a computer printout that says, here's the order of the lineup or, you know, whatever it is, move Adam Jones uh, back, you know, 5, 10, 15 feet. The outfield, you come at it, um, you know, more open-ended. Uh, like to just build trust, you say, you know, what questions do you have or what players are struggling that you just are scratching your head, don't understand. Right. Like an open-ended question of where there's pain and then you, uh, if it's possible, give actionable insights. Or it's, al- it's almost like yeah. a salesman selling something. You want to ask the manager what he needs to be better and the tools he needs, and then you explain an analytically-based answer, correct? It, it, exactly. Or, you, you know, there's different ways to express it. One is analytics. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I've worked with, uh, you know, Ryan Dempster with the Cubs, and he was like a human encyclopedia. Just give him a spreadsheet, and he'll figure it out, and, Changes repertoire, but other players prefer are more visual, so they prefer like here's a heat map. You know, I'm a pitcher. I want to know where should I throw the pitch. You know, first pitch to get the most likely chance for a given batter for outs. And then other people aren't visual; they're more like thought based. So you give them a sentence like, "You swung at 87 sliders below the zone and got zero hits out of 87." Um, and, you know, some people can think of three things when they come to the plate. Some people could only think of one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's either verbal, visual, you know, or just like their total analytics. So it's presenting it in the right way. But to the coaches, um, you, you know, at first give them something very actionable, like, um, you know, John Lester, it's, it's now known, for a while he never made a, a pickoff attempt right. to first base for months at a time. Mm-hmm. And at first, people wouldn't know that. Advanced scouts may not know that since they watch the opponent three games, you know, a pitcher one start. But the analytics could look at every pickoff move for the season and just flag, he hasn't done one for, for months. Right, right. Um, and that's actionable. You're a base runner, you could get a bigger lead. And that's when the coaches start saying, wow, that helped me, give me more. Paul Valley is our producer, and he's got a question for you. Ari Kaplan. Hey, Ari. Uh, Craig brought up Buck Showalter, and you may know more than most his willingness to embrace analytics. He interviewed with Houston for their managerial vacancy. Would you say this is his last best opportunity to manage again in the majors, and what are his chances of sticking with Houston? Well, that's a great 
question? Yeah, I would say no. It's, it wouldn't be the last. It's um, you know, immediate opportunity, and it sounds like there's um, uh, you know, three three openings right, now. Right. Um, and you know, just during during the regular course, uh, you know, without what's happening, you know, every year multiple opportunities come up. So yeah, I think you know, someone who's won and been at that level will have many opportunities, you know, for years to come if um, if he wants it. Um, you know, and, and then with Houston, you know, it's, it's hard to say, but I know they, um, you know, their, you know, their reputation is challenged. So they're looking for people that not only can be on the field, but, um, you know, off the field community, try to regain trust. I, I don't even know what the word is. It's just like, I, I wrote like a fresh start. I wrote a piece this week on our website, pressboxonline.com, why I think Buck is the perfect fit there. While he doesn't mesh analytically, I think they have a much bigger sort of management crisis now on the PR level, and I think Buck really touches all the bases in that area. I think he will accept the appropriate amount of shame from the organization. He will talk about how great the organization is, how let's not mistake the, maybe the cheating happened, but, but this is still a great team. And he'll make people in Houston feel good about rooting for the Astros. Yeah, exactly. That that's you know one that's their main challenge is yeah. uh, that you know the fan base and not just their fans, all of baseball. Um, they have to um, you know put people in place that are trustworthy that um, can speak to media, speak to fans, uh, speak to the players. You know, most likely somebody from outside the organization that can um you know in one way hit the reset button but you know you're inheriting players that um you know are under scrutiny as well so it's it's a challenge but um uh, you, you know you start new with new people and yep. it's an opportunity uh, as well well you you mentioned John Lester and and you know whether or not <laughs> the analytics end of it would would uh, just uh, be more backing up to what you already know. I got to tell you something. I watched John Lester a long, long time in his career, <laughs> and if you've ever watched a pickoff move from him <laughs> to first base, you know he can't have a pickoff <laughs> move to first base. <laughs> yeah, I've got some games where they like went close to the stands on a pickoff move. Right, and then I mean it's just, it's amazing. It's almost in a lot of ways to me like remember the problem Rick Ankiel had yeah. when when eventually all of a sudden he couldn't throw the ball to the plate anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 got to be a mental block of some kind where you know John Lester just feels so uncomfortable throwing over there. Well, it's it's interesting uh, Ari because that leads me to thinking about Chris Davis and yeah. I've, I've written a column two years ago where I think he's the first offensive player that has a case of what we call the yips. Uh, I think that so much of what Chris is suffering from is performance-based anxiety. Do you have any thoughts about that? Well, and, and yeah, I've, um, you know, with the Orioles uh, for many years, uh, Chris, you know, especially during the peak of um, his career, um, you know, 2013, 14, 15, or, you know, around, uh, around there, so, you know, great, uh, with him, great guy, and yep. you know wh- wh- whether it's him or you know a lot of other players, uh, you know, getting back to how we opened, it's uh, it comes down to it. They're actual people. Yes. Um, 
you know, you, you hang out with them, travel with them in the clubhouse, and, you know, they, they want In-N-Out Burger or um, <laughs> just to play, to, to, to get on their uh, Oculus Quest VR and, you know, just have fun. They're, you know, real real people with family problems, walking their dogs. Now you're getting into um, my and, area. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, when it comes down to it, you know, they're not robots. They're, you know, they're people and, and you, you know, you, you know, getting to what you say, me personally, it's, you know, you could get anxiety. Uh, some days could be uh, worse than others. So, you know, psychology is a big part of it, making sure people are in the game, just focused on the pitch that's coming. Uh, if you're a fielder, focused on the balls hit to your left, to your right, what the situation is, it, and to just it, tune everything else out. Is it possible, Ari, that, that Chris's combination of what I'm calling the yips was exacerbated by the advent of the shifts where all of a sudden he's looking up and what used to be those singles that allowed him to hit 275, 280, they're all being taken away. So he he now feels that he has only one thing he can do, which is put the ball out of the ballpark, and he's more uptight about that. Yeah, so, so yeah, this gets to you know one of the roots of analytics and – Scouting, which is, you know, baseball is a, a big game of adjustments. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to understand the value of shifting players in certain situations to your advantage. Um, like when I was with the Cubs, you know, worked with, uh, like, Darwin Barney, who's now mm-hmm. a minor league manager. And it was about positioning him, you know, at the right place at the right time. Ended up winning the gold glove uh, for that season. Um, and, and that was from information of where to stand. And, Still, not all teams have bought into it. Uh, you have to do it, you know, largely in the right way. But you know that that's one, you know, one area where analytics is, is taking an effect. And then the opponent batters have to adjust uh, to that shift. Mm-hmm. If you have a tendency where 85 percent of the ground balls are hit to the right of second base, you know, th- it makes sense for them to reposition their sure. infielders sure. Um, to play to that, and then. If they're doing that, you as the batter, you know, Chris Davis or other, have to adjust to that. And some players can, some players can't. Um, it sounds simple. Like I've, I've helped coach many um, major league uh, players, and you know, you give them advice, and it, some players can immediately change the next day. But it takes you know many people a, a couple of months um, to try to adjust, to try to uh, hit to all fields or uh, even you know potentially even bunt to third base once in a while if there's nobody there whatsoever. Um, but yeah, some some people it's very hard to adjust throwing a new pitch, um, trying to uh, hold hold back, revealing you know tipping your pitches, or as a batter to try to uh, you know change your tendencies. Um, the the pitchers are going to adjust to your adjustment. So some players can do it, and some. Some could take years or they'll never adjust. Our guest is Ari Kaplan of Sports Management Worldwide. Is that the best way to, to sort of define you in one one sentence, that you that's the company that you work with, Sports Management Worldwide? It, it, exactly, yeah. And that's, uh, you know, online uh, sports courses. And yep. I teach baseball analytics and then a more broad data science and analytics across all sports and that that's the course Mike Matheny 
took, as well as many others. So the website um, is sportsmanagementworldwide.com. It's a little lengthy. Sportsmanagementworldwide.com. That's where people can go to and learn what courses are available for them? Yes, or SMWW, um, for abbreviation, .com uh, is also good. Yeah. And I appreciate the uh, call-out, too. Well, so, yeah, I'll, always, I'll, always, I'll always give call-outs for you. Uh, we, hope you we hope you've enjoyed being on the show. I did have one last question for you, and that is we've touched on baseball. I mentioned to you the other day that I read the same thing about Mike McCarthy, ironically MM initials, and Mike mm-hmm. Matheny was MM, but Mike McCarthy took courses in analytics as well to be better prepared to to succeed at a higher rate. Are, are all sports entering into this? I mean, are there analytics in hockey and basketball and soccer? Uh, it sure seems like it. Yes, every every industry outside of baseball and every sport inside of baseball is getting more and more analytically driven. Okay. And there's analytics and then there's machine learning. Um, and that that's the next level. But yeah, every sport is. Uh, baseball, um, as of just a couple of years ago, was, uh, you know, finally every team has at least one full-time analytics person uh, on, on staff. Uh, some sports teams really don't have that. They may have it on the business side, but less on the sports side. But it, it is a huge growing trend. And now in baseball, the average team has five full-time like data science analytics people, um, it, and, and yeah, growing Olympics, uh, you know, pretty uh, cricket, rugby, everywhere you could think of is uh, right. growing in the area since it adds value. Craig, Craig's got one last question for you, Ari. Is there any analytics available to you, Ari, that would tell me why a team? that uh, led the National Football League in rushing all year long would all of a sudden throw 59 passes in a playoff <laughs> game? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> it, that, that's where analytics makes it hard when people pivot. Yeah. You, know, you, uh, you don't know. It, it, it could be so many different reasons. Uh, but most likely they you know, either change players, or in which case that's not it, or they got some information. Maybe the opponents knows their strategy and they – need to mix it up or the opponent has some crazy weakness that they realize that they can take advantage of. Well, but that's what happened with Lamar. Point. That's what happened with Lamar Jackson on those two fourth and ones. He should have pivoted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ari, we hope you've enjoyed being on with us again. It's sportsmanagementworldwide.com or smww.com to find out what you could, uh, you, our listeners or viewers, can find out from Ari Kaplan. We'll, we'll uh, reach out to you when events warrant it. All right, Ari? I, I certainly enjoyed it. Love to come back on, and uh, thank you all for your time. All right, thank you. Uh, today's show, we want to remind you, is sponsored by Citron Restaurant and Bar. You'll love their fresh Atlantic seafood, sushi, and thick grass-fed steaks. Their Wagyu beef burger is is to die for. That's CitronBaltimore.com. Where are they located? They're in the quarry. All right, sounds off good. Off of Greenspring Avenue. Good enough. All right. GBT, that's right, Stand the Fan for Glen Burnie Transmission, located right in the heart of Glen Burnie for almost 60 years. If you suspect you're having a transmission problem, GBT can save you hundreds of dollars over taking it to the car dealers 
for a repair. Make an appointment for a free diagnostic and estimate. Call GBT at 855-728-1841. Their mission is simple, to provide excellent service at a reasonable price. Go to their website at gbtonline.com to check out all of the five-star reviews. Let my friend Mark Schwartzman and his GB team GBT team take the troubles out of transmission troubles. Call them today at 855-728-1841. And I'm looking for this ad, Real Barbecue and an amazing selection of whiskey and microbrews. When you come to Blue Pit Barbecue in Hamden, you get the cool atmosphere and the best barbecue in the area, all made fresh and smoked every day. Open for lunch and open late. Blue Pit is also great for parties and events. Go to bluepitbbq.com for the menus and directions. When we return, Jim Henneman will join us on the show. Pizza Blitz, the favorite pizza place of offensive lineman Bradley Bozeman and his wife Nikki, invites you to try all of their Italian specialties. Pizza Blitz makes their entire menu with classic Italian family recipes. The dough and everything else is made fresh every day. Pizza Blitz, located in Quarry Lake, is the perfect family stop for great pizza as well as incredible wings, subs, and salads. You can even BYOB. Pizza Blitz is located at 2622 Quarry Lake Drive, just inside the Beltway. See the full menu at pizzablitzcorylake.com. Okay, I'm getting an Italian cold cut with oil and vinegar. Turkey and Swiss with extra mayo for me. And I want a ham and cheese with everything. Before we go to the game, we go to Royal Farms. It's not football without a Royal Farms sub. At Royal Farms, it's all fresh. And delicious. In this town, you don't tailgate with a hoagie. You tailgate with a Royal Farms sub and world-famous chicken. Royal Farms. Real fresh, real fast, real Baltimore. Check out Costa's Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-priced bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostaZen.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Terps and Caps season with all the games on dozens of TVs. Sliders daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week, including Fancy Clancy Pilsner. Find out about all the parties and get info on having your own party or company event at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special Press Box Best of 2019 issue presented by Maryland Sports Commission. On the cover, we recognize Lamar Jackson as Athlete of the Year, and Bill Ardeen honors the inspirational Mo Gabba as our Sports Person of the Year. Inside the issue, we celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the year. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
If it's happening in Baltimore sports and beyond, it's happening on Glenn Clark Radio. He is Mr. Trey Mancini. Thanks for having me on, guys. Glad to be back on. Ravens linebacker Matt Judon. Appreciate it, y'all. How y'all doing? He is Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. Thanks for having me. Adley Rutschman. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Coach Mark Turgeon. You bet, guys. How you guys doing? Joe Burrow. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Marlon Humphrey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Coach Mike Loxley. Thanks for having me on. Baltimore's own Javante Davis. Thank you. I appreciate it. The great Ray Lewis. Always good to be home. What's up, fellas? Hey, what's going on, Ed? Glenn and Kyle are live Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, and archived anytime. Watch Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen to PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Great promo there by Glenn Clark. Uh, Real radio. Real radio. Real radio. That's right. Real radio. And we're going to have Stan... Hold this shirt up for the rest of the show, just like this. Not the rest so, of the show. So you can't see his face. <laughs> okay, very good. Celebrate Baltimore's dominant offensive line with the brand new Most Valuable Protectors t-shirts, which recognize how the incredible O-line has helped pave the way for an MVP quarterback. When you buy the MVP shirt, not only will you be supporting the team, you'll also be donating to the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, and their efforts to eliminate bullying in schools. The shirt is available in white and gray for just $25, and a long-sleeve shirt is now also available for $29.99. Go now to bozemanshirt.com. That's B-O-Z-E-M-A-N-shirt.com. That's bozemanshirt.com. Buy a shirt, support your team, and help stop bullying. Uh, And that's a good cause. That is a good cause. That's a real good cause. Yeah. And we've we've had it with you bullying me. Well, you know, that's yeah. all you do on the show. Well, that's right. All right. Joining us right now is the one and only, the legend, Mister Jim Henneman. Jim, did you have a good time at Steve Jeppy's birthday party last night? Yes, I did. That, that was, was a, that was a some very, spread, very wasn't it? Nice affair, yes, it was. That's why we had to push him back an hour and a half because we yeah, usually exactly he was right. we usually right. have him on about ten twenty. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm I'm doing good. I can get up whenever I want to get up. Whenever. Well, and that's, that's isn't that the great thing about retirement, though. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, Jim's not retired. Well, he's not retired, but let's. Well, he works for press box. He works for press <laughs> box, but <laughs> right. Yeah, I, listen, I've been up early enough to get your your face on the tube here, so I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm with you, Jimmy. Uh, what do you make? I I know a little bit of what you make because I read your column. It's a great read. Um, what do you make of what's been going on the the well, what's led up to what went on this week? It's it's sort of unprecedented in the history of the sport, isn't it? It's it's unprecedented to the degree that that we never had the kind of technology we have now. I mean, I mean people always want to steal signs. I mean, let's face it. I mean, that was always part of the that was always part of the game. But but as far as what actually what's going on right now, <clears throat> it kind of excites me a little bit, and I, I'll tell you why because because everything that I'm everything I'm reading. Uh, people in the game, and basically, basically what they're saying is, let's get rid of the technology. And that was, what a wonderful idea. What a great idea. What a I wonderful could idea. Be, I could not agree with you more. You know, well, I mean, what they're saying is one of the solutions to this is to turn off the technology during the game and not allow teams to try and get an upper he- a hand via the electronics. I mean, I was thinking about this last night. Believe it or not, after it was on the home, I think it would, this is so simple. Yeah, I mean, you, this can be this. You know how much can be resolved in one simple little thing 
that enhanced the television viewer many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. But you know what? All they got to do is get rid of the center field camera and watch the game the way people in the ballpark watch the game. And yeah. we have, then, we, then we get rid of the robot umpires. We can get rid of, of you know, instant, you know, the, all the other stuff. It's, it's as simple as that. I mean, that really would be not the, the TV people would kick and scream, but there, you know, if there's nothing to say, you say, okay, well, you can have 34 cameras here, but you know what? You can't have one in the center field. Well, now, I, I will say this. I will say this, and I, and I understand why you're bringing that point up. When I was a kid, uh, obviously late 60s into the early 70s, yes, that, that's about the time the center field camera came into play. Right. But I remember watching a lot of games that didn't have center field cameras where, you know, it was behind the plate, up in the mezzanine level, and that's that's how you watch the game. Uh, so, so, I mean, I understand that, but I thought watching those games, what a great uh, invention it was to have that center field camera. I, I just liked it. But, I mean, for all the reasons you're talking about, I certainly get it. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no question it, it enhances the, the, the viewer. I mean, not just second guess the umpire on every single pitch, which right. is really what I mean. That's what fans are for, right? I mean, second guess the umpires, but but you Jim, know, the more you, the more I, you think about this thing, uh, I mean, and this thing is, you know, the other thing about this thing people don't understand. This is just a this has now become the tip of the iceberg that's showing. But you know, this this stuff goes back to the guy in St. Louis hacking into to the Astros. At, uh, yeah. computer system after after they left to go left St. Louis to go to Houston and you got to think in the back of their mind that the guy is saying this guy took stuff there that he got when he was working here and we don't have it and he does and we I'm gonna go in and get it from him and that's that's the first thing I'm thinking about right and then we get the guy in Atlanta who's who gets barred for life because he he's playing around with this the international the, the international bonus money in baseball which is another most ridiculous thing of all time that that's that something needs to be completely redone i mean there's i mean that's so that's so ripe for for scandal it's unbelievable because these kids can't sign until they're 16 and yet we're finding out that they're committed when they're 14 i mean con who's kidding who i mean right. there's 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 millions of dollars laying out there that's that, that's being divvied up by agents and stuff like that it, it's it reeks. It reeks well, what we're, of dishonesty. What, what we're really, it really does. What we're really talking about is morality and ethics and uh, the lack thereof, and that's all across the world, not just in baseball. But Jim, this isn't this issue with the home plate camera. I mean, I agree with you. Sign stealing's been going on for years, but the technology to allow you to sort of specialize on it in your home ballpark. Uh, really came about, didn't it, through the use of video replay, where they had different setups, you know, in the ball in the home ballpark. Pro- you know, probably. I mean, yeah. I you know, I I don't know. You know, when it. I mean, the bottom line is that we have these, ca- you know, the cameras in the center field. Now, the question is, are we just using that camera, or are there other cameras out there uh, as well? I mean, I I read the thing that Buck was talking about the other day with, you know, they they have. I mean, they've got mo- they've got people in 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 the dugout area in the dugout vicinity to do everything. Yeah, they, they have guys there to take the samples if they need to after the game. They have guys in there to authenticate anything that comes out of the game. I mean, what's to say? I mean, I don't know how many people they have to have around just to make sure that everything is on the up and up. But they certainly could have some type of time where 
there's nobody in the review booth except the review guy. I mean, that that, that would be one thing. But, right. again, the, it just, you know, all that availability, I mean, <laughs> it really... It really comes down, in the old days of science, they used to try to steal the third base coach's signs to find out whether they're running or not. You know, and, and you know, the hit and runs and stuff where you could come, you could really get an edge. You know, you know this guy's running, you pitch out, you throw him out, boom. Those are the kind of things that the, the guys who are really, really good at picking up signs were good at. And, you know, but, but this is this is the next step. I mean, this is the next step. And I tell you, if you look at some of the, I forgot to, I'll tell you who, who, the, who the guy was on MLB on that. But going through the intricate things of of the science and the sequences that they use about the the, the the number that I put down depends on the count, depends on this, depends on how you can change with every pitch. I mean, it's, it's so intricate that you, you make sure you really wonder, you know, how how you could even break, I mean, how you could break all that stuff down. It's, it's so quick. I mean, I watch a lot of those games with that center field camera, and I watch what guys are going through, and I'm thinking to myself, I mean, I got a real problem here with what trying to pick up what it is that this guy's throwing, but I guess you know they can you know that they wait and they see certain things. Uh, I mean, and these things they claim that they you know I mean they knew pretty much every pitch, and I mean they didn't call every pitch because the, the whole thing was was just to know whether it was going to be all speed or fastball, and that's kind of what they sit on. Jimmy, the whole the whole thing in that column that you wrote, though the the the, the general part of it that I was very intrigued by was the fact that you, you're, you're kind of making the point that this may be the best thing that could have happened to the game. Uh, and, and, and I find that very intriguing, and I think I know where you're coming from, but can you explain that a little bit more? Well, I mean, it goes back to what we just said. Get, get some of this technology out of the game. I mean, get, get, let's get to the point where, I mean, the replay thing has opened up Pandora's box. I mean, there's no question about that. Right. And we see it all the time. You know, let's make challenges in real time. Screw the, uh, forget the slow motion and all that stuff. If you want to challenge, challenge. But challenge are what you think. You don't have to show every slow motion thing. That doesn't. You don't have to show everything. I mean, if you can't, if you can't, if it's not a flagrant miscall, if it's not the dime thing that you're calling the World Series in in '85, if it's not the, if it's not the, the Joe Maurer foul ball down the left field line against the Yankees is six feet fair. If it's, if it's not, not those kind of plays, those are the plays you need to get correct. Right. The the guy's shoelace coming off a of second base on the stolen base attempt, that's not what replay is for. Right. You know, get rid of those plays. Get rid of the thing. Get make Be able to make this call and get it over with. Boom. Don't have to go to, I mean, now why do they have to go to New York? You know, just just have somebody do a monitor in-house even if you have to do it. I, there has to be a way. There's no reason to go three minutes in, on replay. And this doesn't just, it's not just baseball. Yeah, I mean, this is you know, this is all the games. I yep. mean, you know, I mean, football's got such goofy rules that I that I don't even try to figure it out anymore. <laughs> I mean, you can break the plane to the goal line by, by hanging the ball in the air, but if you break the plane to the of the sideline, you're still in bounds. What's the difference? <laughs> right, it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> great out point. of bounds line. Great you know? point. Jim you know? Henneman is our guest. Jimmy, this is the time of the year we're getting pretty close to finding out who's uh, who's going in uh, to the Hall of Fame and who's not. Uh, first of all, is Derek Jeter still at 100%, and do you think he goes in at 100%? He was the last time I looked at it, and I think I didn't, uh, but the, the, still the, the sample size is still very small. Okay. I mean, I think that the, a lot of the voters, and and, my, and I can include myself in this from years back, have got it wise up to the fact that it's, you know, we don't publish our ballots anymore until after the fact, because basically what we're, we're doing is, 
all of a sudden we're kind of robbing ourselves of our own announcement, really, what it boils down to. So uh, a lot of places where they where their guy their staff members go, they have they make these guys you know do those their thing, which is fine. I mean, I always mine's always been public, but I learned a long time ago that you know I I'm not I'm not a bigger believer in in polls coming out of election booths, you know, for, for obvious reasons, too, because, you, you know, you don't want to be trying to influence things. I guess is what it boils down to. Well, I, so I, I don't like the idea of having all, the, all this. I mean, the guy does a great job with his tracker. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's unbelievable what he's done with it. But the last time I looked at it, he only had 147 votes, which is, you know, maybe about... One one quarter. It's going to right, be four hundred plus. So. Right now, he's got forty one point three percent of the votes tallied, and we've got Derek Jeter at a hundred percent, got Larry Walker at eighty five point three percent, and Kurt Schilling at seventy nine percent. And what, what percent? What what number? How many ballots? It says ballot estimated ballots cast four twelve votes needed. Uh, seventy-five percent or three oh nine. How many ballots does he have? Did he count? Um, not you, seeing, I'm not seeing that on here. Yeah, well, that's that's right at the top. So, it, uh, wait, you know, wait, last wait. time I looked, it was one forty-seven. Well, I remember. Yeah. I remember last year, Mike Messina. Uh, he eventually got seventy-six percent, I think, which was just over the seventy-five needed. But you know, when when these tallies were going on. He was in the 80 percentile, so a lot right. of that. They're all, was, gonna, they're all dropped except yeah. last year. They all dropped except for Mariano, who yeah. obviously went in. Well, Bonds you know. and Clemens are both not in as of right now. They both slipped below 75 well, percent. Yeah, and you I can think they'll make book on that. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. yeah that, those numbers because they they traditionally have have run the highest. Uh, Early, early on. I'm sorry. Uh, his public it, ballots, Jim, are 163 now. Yeah. See, that's only that's, that's only yeah. another 16 more from yesterday. So yeah. okay, it's that's still you know that's you're talking about another you're talking about 250 votes right. unaccounted for. Yeah, so that's, that's huge difference. Uh, that, that would be a. Be, I mean, Walker is going to be the big thing. I mean, there's been a big push. There's a, you know, a lot of baseball people, uh, a lot of people that you that you know, you talk about. He's the guy that that. Most of it. Uh, I, I'm to be honest with you. I, I mean, I think that there's a good. I think Schilling is probably. I think there's a good chance Schilling goes in this year. Um, and I, Walker being uh, being last year. Yeah, it looks like uh, he's you know, going to go in. Year thing. That's another thing. I I, just, I thought that was a mistake a couple of years back when they cut the thing from 15 to 10. Right. I had no no qualm with with doing it 10 years, but I think they should have grandfathered guys that were on the thing, but. You know, if you were on there under fifteen, that let it stay that way. Jim, um, Jim, I, but obviously, I think it was done to to try to clear up the ballot because the ballot was getting so so logged down because of the the Bonds Clemens thing. As and, of as a voter, what do you? What, what's the emphasis that you put on as a voter from what a player does in a regular season and his overall body of work? as opposed to his performance in the postseason. And the reason I bring that up is because you, you hear a lot of people, and we heard it with, for Moose, for example, for years, never won a Cy right. Young, never won a, you right. know, a, a play on World Series, that kind of thing, never won 20 until his last year. But, you know, I would say if, if that's the case, you might as well take Ernie Banks out of the Hall of Fame. 
Right, so, exactly. so, so how much? Em- ha- I mean, we have played in one World Series. Yeah, so. but how much emphasis do you put on regular season and postseason? To, to me, it's, to me, it's a regular season. It's, it's no different than than the MVP. No, no different than the the individual awards during the season. Uh-huh. I mean, I think they, you cannot overlook the postseason. I mean, the, the, I mean, I think without the postseason thing, I don't think Schilling, I don't, I don't think he even he gets a mention right. consideration, yeah. frankly. Uh, but but his his postseason is off the charts. And uh, I mean, to me, he he ranked. I mean, on my ballot, I mean, he's been, he's been on ballot now the last couple of years, but he ranked behind behind Mike, as far as I was concerned, in in the overall picture. I mean, I I, I thought he came up short in Messina. As as a everyday player over over the course of, of his career, um, but his postseason is off the charts. And frankly, one of the things that I that concerns me a little bit, and I and I don't deny that it affects my vote a little bit at the time, is that I wonder about guys surviving the five percent thing. And I, I'm really a little concerned about uh, about Bobby Obrego. On this thing, I, he's you know, whether he's a Hall right of now, or not, I don't know. But I, he certainly belongs in the conversation. Right now, it's I worry about him falling off the ballot. He's got seven point one percent. You're right. He does, and I, you know, I could actually make a case for Bobby Abreu as a Hall of Famer. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but it, it, it's it would it would not it's not a slam dunk case. No, and you know, one of the things is Ted Simmons is the first example of a one and done. And, right. and that's, of course, one of the things that the, the writers have taken a big hit on, on how can this, you know, how can something like this happen? Well, I can tell you, I, I went back and looked, looked at it. He was only on the ballot one time, but you know what? There were nine Hall of Famers on that ballot. Mm-hmm. And nine guys went into the Hall of Fame off of that ballot. And so that's why he was a one and done. Yeah. I mean, they didn't all go in that year, obviously. Right, but that's but an that's, interesting... That's nine names right, right out of the get-go that, Jim... on a ballot where, where the max is 10... Where you can kind of see where that happened, uh, and, and 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 frankly, he, I mean, his overall numbers, he, you know, he certainly he wasn't a defensive guy, but he was, you know, he was the quote unquote ultimate gamer, and he was a great hitter. Any question about that? Yeah, and, uh, Jim had, had a lot of great support. Jim, we got a couple more minutes. I wanted to touch on not the guys that are going in, but I wanted to touch on about five guys real quick as right. to whether you think they'll ever go in. And, and whether they deserve it. Todd Helton is currently at 35.3%. I think this is, might be his third year on the ballot. Uh, right. Do you think he eventually goes in? He's on my ballot for the first time this year. And, and I, I looked at he and I looked at he and A. Walker, and, and other than the, the, the stolen base type of thing, uh, they're, 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 they're practically the same player. All right. How bad? Uh, how yeah, bad? So I, yeah, I, I think ultimately – Ultimately, down the road, if they don't go in on our ballot, I think both of those guys ultimately will go in. Yeah. Some guy, one guy that's not gaining much traction at all is Jeff Kent, who at one point in his career yeah. had 100 RBIs in eight out of nine seasons. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many people have done that in the history of the game. No. 31.2%. Uh, does he get in or not? He's Again, he's a guy that's on my ballot that uh, I just can't go look past his numbers. Uh, a guy that played that many games in the middle of the infield. I know he. I know he wasn't a Gold Glove guy, but he was good enough to be to be written in the lineup in, in the three, four, five hole and play and play the the number four position. Uh, you know, you know. I just can't overlook those numbers. Yeah. So for me, yeah. I mean, uh, he's you know, in, in, if you just looked at his strictly his offensive numbers, you might say, well, he's a little bit short of of the, of the power boys and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and. 
and he certainly he doesn't get he doesn't get style points for his defensive play. But the bottom line was that's where he played, and that's what he did. And uh, that's good enough for me. Three more, three more guys, uh, and surprisingly, at fifty percent right now, Scott Rowland eventually goes in, or or yes, surprise? I think I, I, he's another guy. He, he's on my dot this year for the first time. Uh, I mean, this, these are you know this these these things are starting to open up a little bit now. There's, yeah. there's been there's been guys that you haven't been able to get on your ballot. Yeah, again, now and this and this is a particular case where. He is so good defensively. Uh, frankly, I had somebody who played in the Brooks era mm-hmm. tell me he was better than Brooks okay. with the glove, okay. and and somebody who I respect, you know. And uh, so, you know, to me, that's good enough. And he was, he was, yeah, he was a good enough player. Third base, I'll tell you, is one of the underrepresented <laughs> underrepresented positions. So, yeah, for how me, about, yeah. How about Gary Sheffield at thirty-seven point six percent right yeah, now? Yeah, he's. He's 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 kind of caught up in that. He, he got a little bit of a, a backlash from the Bobby Bonds, uh, the, right. the Bay Area right. uh, thing. I think that's the only reason that he's his numbers offensively. Again, uh, you know, again, he's not a defensive whiz, but uh, his offensive numbers are are strong. And and he's been on he's been on my ballot. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't apologize for it. Mm-hmm. Um, how about? Uh, I just think that you know his numbers are there, and I think the other guy you're going to ask me about is, is it, probably is Billy Wagner. Or, I'm going to ask you about two more guys actually, yeah. and Wagner was my last and is my favorite. Uh, Omar Vizquel, forty-eight point two percent right Same, now. Yeah, you're, all these guys that you're bringing up are all guys that, that are on my are now on my ballot. Okay, and, and, been, and but, Billy Wagner is up to thirty-five point nine percent, which is a big jump for him. I think he was at sixteen percent. I think he's got a shot next year. He's the people that uh, you, you talk about. You look at his numbers. The only thing you know, he 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 left the game at, at the height of his. I mean, he had a really good he had a really good year at the end. And I mean, I don't see the difference between him and, and Trevor Huffman. I mean, I, uh, they, you know, they named the award after Trevor Huffman, but I mean, to me, that's the only difference between those two guys. I mean, yeah. uh, Billy Wagner's uh, whip, you know. If you, it's lower. It's lower than Mariano Rivera's. Yeah, by exactly. one one yeah. point. And in yeah. nine hundred and three innings, six hundred and one hits, and eleven hundred and ninety six strikeouts. Yeah, that's that's remarkable. That's incredible. He's incredible. Yeah, I All mean, right. he, he, well, again, his body of work. He, there's not enough for the for the for people who who rally against closures and 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 overemphasis on saves, and and at times I frankly can be one of those. Um, his, his numbers are not his, his numbers are not high enough, but uh, but the, the overall, like you said, the overall body of work. Uh, I mean, it's just to me, if he'd have played another year or two, he'd he he would go in. If he had another year like this last year, he would have been a no-brainer. All I mean, right. So that you know, that's kind of he is he is Jim Henneman, our our steam baseball writer, still with the Hall of Fame vote, still one of the best writers around. Jim, thank you very much for being on with us. Great seeing you and Marie last night, and I look forward to talking to you down the road. All right? Okay, pal. Take care. Keep right. good, Bracey. All right, See you soon. Yep. All righty. All right. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill just steps from Camden Yards. It's the perfect sports bar for Terps and Cap season with all the games on dozens of TVs. That's right. Sliders Daily Specials include... Mexican Monday, Wingding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, 
and and more with different drink specials every day of the week, including Fancy Clancy Pilsner. Find out about all the parties and get info on having your own party or company event at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars. You covered that well. I tried to. Yeah. I tried to. Live casino hotels. <laughs> Brand new venue. I, I am so screwed up with this book. I'm trying to remember while I'm reading which way is this spot, you know, and I, I'm constantly live casino hotels, brand new venue, the Hall Ed Live. And did I tell you that we're broadcasting from the live casino hotel studio? Yes. Live casino hotels, brand new venue, the Hall at Live is open and will host lots of world-class entertainment in 2020. Tonight, watch UFC 246 as Conor McGregor fights Donald Cowboy Cerrone. A $10 general admission viewing party ticket gets you one premium cocktail, beer, or wine. A $25 ticket gets you all-you-can-eat wing buffet. For $35, enjoy a premium open bar. And for $60, get the wing buffet and premium open bar. Other great events coming to the hall at Live this year include a big game viewing party February the 2nd, Fight Night, February 28th. Squeeze, February 29th. OAR, March 14th. Adam Sandler, March 19th. Air Supply, April 3rd. Josh Groban, April 16th. Patti LaBelle, May 2nd. And Gabriel Iglesias, August 22nd. Get your tickets now by going to livecasinohotel.com. Craig, uh, there's a special place at 4100 North Point Boulevard. Certainly is. It's got a special place in our hearts. The Costas Inn. That's right, because there's great specials on the menu each and every day. Crab cake night on Monday, uh, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on uh, Wednesday with half-price bottles of wine, and then uh, also lobster night on Thursday. You can get that plain or stuffed, steamed crabs, and also those world-famous crab cakes, all available for you at the Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do that than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventures across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen, and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world, and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? Go to Army.com slash Baltimore to find out. To learn more, contact your local Army recruiter and find us on social media at U.S. Army Baltimore. Celebrate Baltimore's dominant offensive line with the brand new Most Valuable Protectors t-shirts, which recognize how the incredible O-line has helped pave the way for an MVP quarterback. When you buy the MVP shirt, not only will you be supporting the team, you'll also be donating to the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation and their efforts to eliminate bullying in schools. Available in white and gray for just $25, the long sleeve version just $29.99. Go now to bozemanshirt.com. That's bozemanshirt.com. Buy a shirt support your team and help stop bullying the latest edition of press box is available now and it's our very special press box best of 2019 issue presented by maryland sports commission on the cover we recognize lamar jackson as athlete of the year and bill Erdine honors the inspirational mo gabba as our sports person of the year inside the issue we celebrate the top people performances and moments of the year press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores you can also find the entire edition 
condition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square now offers their piping hot chicken noodle and chicken tortilla soup. Shredded chicken breast with navy and black beans in a white creamy soup base with a perfect blend of vegetables and spicy heat. Topped off with seasoned corn tortilla strips, obviously perfect for cold weather. Plus, it's a great compliment to the best chicken sandwich on the planet. And if you're hosting or headed to a party, pre-order from Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square Catering for not only is it delicious and a fan favorite, but it smells amazing and It'll be ready when you are. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A bonus points. Good for free food. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Call Steve if you'd like your party catered by Chick-fil-A, 410-931-0031. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Brett the Hitman Hart. Good to be on the show. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Broken Matt Hardy. Excellent. The bad guy, Scott Hall. Mm, hey, yo. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm free. Miserable. Le champion. Chris Jericho. Le champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. All right, we are back on the uh, bat around uh, from the live casino hotel studios. And, Craig, uh, tomorrow, uh, 3.05, I believe, is kickoff. Tennessee at uh, Tennessee at Kansas City. Uh, who do you like in that game? Kansas City's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite the last I read. Well, they're both uh, home teams are seven-and-a-half-point favorites tomorrow. And uh, I, I like Kansas City to win the game. However... If Tennessee is able to run the football and Derrick Henry's had 182 against uh, New England and 195 against the Ravens, right? could be a tough day for Kansas City. Kansas City's defense has got to show up to play that game. If not, uh, it'll be up to counting on Pat Mahomes to do what he did last week. Aaron Rodgers goes out to San Francisco, Levi's Stadium, like you said, seven and a half there. Did the, can Green Bay combat? San Francisco's quickness on defense? I don't know. Uh, Their quickness on defense is one thing. Their quickness along with their pass rush Mm -hmm. is the biggest thing that Rodgers has to worry about tomorrow, in my mind. And it was a uh, 37-8 score when they played earlier in Week 12 there, and and the Packers just had no chance in that game. Right. they got to figure something out. I, I think both teams are a little bit different than they were then. Yep. Uh, I look for Aaron Rodgers to keep it close, but I think the 49ers win the game. All right, so you're looking at a Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl yes. most likely. Yes. All right. And I look at a Sunday with me not making any money from an AFC championship game, yeah. but that's another story altogether. That's another altogether. story altogether. <laughs> Paul, what do you think tomorrow? Well, obviously I think I got the Chiefs in the AFC championship game. I think they're just too much of a buzz solve right now. Um I think it all comes down to quarterback play in the NFC Championship game. I'm, I, I just think that Aaron Rodgers plays mistake-free football, but and Garoppolo, I think, he turns the ball over. Garoppolo, Garoppolo's got two rings, though. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Good point. That's Man. true. Aaron Rodgers only has one. You're right. All right. All right. That's going to wrap up our show for today. I like Kansas City and San Francisco tomorrow, but I could, I could paint a picture of Aaron Rodgers rebounding and them doing some stuff 
taking something away and admitting we can't do and it, this it, and to yeah, combat that Yeah, absolutely. Quickly. And in that Chiefs game, it's going to be very interesting to see just how much Derrick Henry has in the tank again. I mean, yeah. keep in mind, Ryan Tannehill's thrown the ball maybe 20-some times in two playoff games. I know. It's I know, crazy. But I can't see that Tennessee defense taking away the things that they took away. Lamar has, as great as he is, and he's the MVP in my opinion, he has some weaknesses that Dean Pease exposed. I don't see Dean Pease being able to to expose much about Pat Mahomes. He has some weaknesses, which, I again, when you think about the uh, uh, difference between him last year and this year and the amount of work he put in, mm-hmm. night and day. Oh. You've got to love his work ethic. Yeah. I think he'll approach this offseason the, the exact way. same way. I think to that's get the better. good news about losing that game. That is could that very will, well be, yeah. yeah. But the other part about it is you need to get him again. And we used to say this about Joe Flacco all the time, get him some help. You know, the wide receivers, I'm not really all that thrilled with. Yeah. And, you know, and Ingram not being in that game, that was a big deal. Yeah. All right. That's going to wrap us up for this week. We appreciate it. If you do go to watch us on Facebook Live and you are watching us right now, it's not too late. It really isn't too late to hit that share button because that's what helps and like get the button. viewers. Yeah, the like and the share. The like and the share. It's like tastes better, less filling. Less filling, right. Yeah, like. You, you want them to press the like button. That's right. I want you to press the share button. The only thing we need is Jim Honacek to come busting <laughs> through the wall. You're boo pal. You're boo pal. All right. Hey, have a great week ahead. We'll see you next Saturday with the bat around. And, yes, I will be in next Saturday. Thank you. Absolutely nothing to do. Do you think uh, –